0: You are now listening to the NerdWords Podcast, brought to you by com. If you know your party's extension, please dial it now. Press 1 for customer service. Press 2 for podcasts. Press 3 to check on an order. Press 4 to eat I bed. don't know what the weather's like, uh, what it's been like for you there, but it's been like, yesterday was 90 degrees here, so. Um, yeah. Which makes no fucking sense. I mean, I mean
1: it, do- it does because shift. climate change yeah (laughs) but
0: yeah but it doesn't make any sense from the fact that it's october yeah
1: as long as it's gets kind of chilly when the leaves actually start turning more that'll be nice
0: yeah hopefully
2: if you would just reduce the number of planets it takes to keep you alive (laughs) and millions (laughs) millions of others dead, would we'd be okay
0: it's uh i think i'm a 1.5 planet guy like bob was trying to explain to me the other day so um Let's just, real quick, welcome to NerdWords, I'm Nate. And I'm Bob. So anyways, Bob was trying to explain to me the other day about, like, your carbon footprint. Right. And, like, how many Earths you are.
1: Oh, and I'm Rachel, You're right, I'm listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. we're we're joined by Rachel, we're not just talking to, like, <laughs> yeah. uh, some random voice. Anyway, um,
1: carbon footprint. Yeah,
0: anyways, it bears no, no further conversation, it's just Bob said he was, like, one and a half earths and i was like i don't understand what that means and i actually still don't so um i'd love to hear more about your your many earth theory
2: what i am going to do is i'm going to throw you the link Ooh. so that you too you too can know
0: yeah,
1: Ooh, a little little self education
0: oh nice. sorry
1: we know what i want to hear about yeah star wars
0: Star Wars. Because
1: <laughs> i listened to nerd uh, to 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade, and I, like many other listeners, was promised to hear about Bob's experience playing the Star Wars game.
0: Oh, yeah, shit. I forgot about that.
1: <laughs> That's what I want to hear about.
2: All right. So hey, real quick, the link I just sent you, Nate, and did you want it, Rachel? Do you already know about all that stuff?
1: Uh, I don't know about all that stuff, so please feel free to send it to me at your
2: Mom, leisure. Brad. I always assume you do. Um, that is,
1: that is, um, flattering, but they're like, you could, they're literally libraries filled with what I do not know.
2: <laughs> yeah. But that's, that's what smart people say. So, you know, it's, it's hard to <laughs> hard to pin down.
0: So, uh, for me. the, uh, thing that Bob sent me here is, uh, just make
1: fo- just it till you make it
0: footprintcalculator.org. org. So, all right. Um, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, maybe you're like a normal human being and you're like, what am I going to hear about today? So here's what we're going to talk about for sure. Bob's experience playing star Wars. We're for sure going to talk about the new world of darkness documentary. I don't know if Bob's seen it. Uh, on one hand, it's good if he hasn't. On the other hand, it's good if he has. And then, um, hopefully we'll have some time to just briefly chat about Henry Rollins. Uh, cause we went and saw Fair. Henry Rollins and it was, it was good since the last podcast. It was good. Um yeah, so uh this is what is this? footprintcalculator.org. And I guess we can then at that point uh talk about how much hard work we do to uh pollute the earth and uh this will tell us how shitty of a human being we are. So I can't wait. I'm I'm looking forward to it. So <laughs>
1: um yeah, I guess that calculator has that in common with my extended family. So
0: that's good. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that's that's cool. Um, but Star Wars, I wonder So I listened to Twenty Five Years of Vampire Masquerade. It was a great episode. I was I enjoyed your guys's conversation, even though we're we're friends and Nate and I cohabitate. I still listen to every episode because uh, I find you guys just delightful.
2: We're delightful. Um, Jay, thank you very much.
1: And I'm know I'm not the only one who feels that way. But I was promised on this episode of Nerd Words, I was going to get to hear about Bob and your struggles. With staying conscious during a Star Wars RPG, so I would love to hear more about that.
2: So Star Wars has a lengthy character creation process, where you get out your little sheets, like any game, and then it's usually like, here are all the books of where you can play Joe Schmo Mechanic, or the pilot's assistant, <laughs> or you know, or the guy who stocks the cargo, and. <laughs> And every time, like I remember building a character with Nate specifically where I kept shooting him looks, where I was like half-hearted rolling dice. Yeah, So like I wasn't even looking. I was like, I'm just, oh, I just dropped dice and I guess I got a nine.
0: So here, here's, here's, this is here's the question, right? Um, a lot of people are going to have, and it's the it's simultaneously the most important and least important. And that question is, what version of Star Wars were we playing?
2: <laughs> the one, the one had the shiny covers. Right. Every, the artwork looked new. Bob
1: just like scrunched up, like, an I don't know shrug, but like, it was so adorable. Like, I feel like you channeled five year old Bob. Like, I didn't do it. I don't know. It was very cute.
0: So, uh, uh, those of you that are deep into this gaming world will know that there's a couple of different versions of Star Wars. Well, as it turns out, we don't know which version we played and don't care. We, oh,
2: we so, played the version where I had to get the Ninja Caltrap kit. <laughs> it had the different colored, like, triangle, octagon shapes. You know, like, really, they wanted me to understand what it is to do uh, any form of geometry. So
0: you definitely and, needed a lot of D4s. And
2: then they said, look in the book to reference the symbols you roll versus the symbols you don't. Because numbers are hard. <laughs> so they wanted us to do this different way to do it. And I was like, okay, I'm all about it. So... I pick up dice, I roll, and you tell me when it's good, and you tell me when it's bad. They're like, "Yeah." <laughs> so why don't you just narrate it then? <laughs> if I don't know what I'm rolling, and and you won't know the, or you just pick up and drop dice to tell me if it's good or bad. All
0: right, just he read me a like book. That
2: much.
1: <laughs> so who who wh- wh- is this your like regular Saturday night gaming group? And someone was like, "Oh, I yeah. got the Star Wars RPG. Let's play."
2: I love the guy to death. He's like family. It's Sean John. Uh Sean Johnson, but I, I throw him under the breast with love because he knew it. Yeah. He literally looked at everybody and said, I really love Star Wars, I'm gonna run free and Bob, you're gonna play. And I was like, Am I now? So what
1: were the character types? Was it just people like could did you decide whether you wanted to be like in the resistance or in like the I don't even know enough about Star Wars to know what they're called,
2: but like you had me Convinced <laughs> that you did. I, I, is, are they called the Resistance? I don't is know. The,
1: oh, r- The Rebellion. The we're, Rebellion. We're going
0: to get smashed so, so many hard. people here. Oh, it's okay, though. Um, <laughs> this is not a Star Wars so group. So, were,
1: were you on the Darth Vader side or were you on the Luke's side? No, Skywalker I was banned side? from
2: the Darth Vader side. Okay. I, uh, I good? said I wasn't going to play the game if I couldn't play some type of Jedi.
1: Okay. And okay. I, but
2: I don't want to be a Jedi. They're like, so, what do you mean Jedi are boring and I find them stupid? I don't, I don't want to be Well,
0: there. and that that's the thing I really want to touch base on here about real quick. Because the game that Bob is talking about, I didn't play in because I had played in a game before with Bob that somebody else ran. And a Star there, Wars game? It was a Star Wars game, and I don't know why, but there seems to be two worlds of thought in the Star Wars gaming community. One is You can play the cool Jedi and you can play the cool Sith like you would in a video game. And then there's everybody who runs the game who wants you to play, like Bob was saying, the fucking mechanic or the guy who pushes the cart onto the spaceship and like turn that into a role playing game. Right. And it's like I the only reason I sat down here is because I want to play a a fan like a high fantasy, you know, in space type of character. I want to play the badass with the sword who fights the other badass with the sword, right? right? Yeah. That's the whole point. And the first time we played uh, our friend who ran it.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just trying to like wrap my head around a role-playing game yeah. where you're playing like a guy pushing a card of gears right. and how that's <laughs> like how that's fun. For anybody, like you, have to be so deep into Star Wars that that is what's fun for right, you. Right, right. You know,
2: hand me the fizzy gadget so we like, can fix the Star Drive thing.
1: That's like oh the, the the Star Trek version of being like the ensign who works in stellar cartography and never talks to the bridge crew. Like, who wants to? Only super nerds want to do that because they've done everything else. Right. You have to get right. really deep into the minutia for that to be fun. So I'm sorry, please
0: continue. No, th- but that's absolutely spot on.
2: So I just want to make sure I'm. Right. Is stellar cartography star mapping?
1: Yeah, that that's how it breaks down. But uh, so um, in some uh, on the TV show, stellar cartography is like a room with like some, um, you know, like computer boards and, and it's, it's not that big a deal, but in Star Trek generations, it's like a whole room that looks like a planetarium it's very cool. And data has a mental meltdown, but anyway, let's go back to <laughs> what we were talking about before.
0: So, um, and again, i don't I don't know if this is typical of the Star Wars gaming community, but this is definitely what it seemed like for me. it it, it seemed it seems very much like, hey, you exist in a world full of like unique jedi and and Sith, but there's only like three or four of them. So you can't play one and and i I was like, well, I don't want to play this stupid game then. <laughs> if I can't right. have a fucking lightsaber, I don't want to play this game. Like nobody so- like, Here's here's what you'd want to play, right? You'd want to play like Princess Leia, like post uh um post uh return of the Jedi, like where she's a badass. Uh or you'd want to play Luke Skywalker or you'd want to play Darth Vader or you'd want to play a badass bounty hunter, right? Like I'm Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. That's what I'll play. No, no, you you could play the guy that built Boba Fett's ship. <laughs> Well, why would I want to do that? Well, because eventually you'll get to be the guy who also flies a ship that Boba Fett flies. Like, it, it was just ridiculous. But I was like, all right, I'm going to go along for the ride with Bob, right? I, I'm not into Star Wars. I'm not into Star Wars gaming, but I'm into gaming. I'm into dice rolling. I'm into fantasy. So I'll go along for the ride. So, of course, Bob and I, we sit down at the table to play this game. And we're like two mechanic brothers, right? Or something like that. And
2: right, we, we rolled it. And I distinctly remember him saying, well, well, Nate, you're a mechanic, but that's not your real job. And Bob, you scored something in the engine room, but that's not your real job. And cause immediately we both must've rolled our eyes at the same time. Right. <laughs> like we're down the main. Okay, sure. And he's like, no, 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 guys. Here's what it really is. He, he like, I don't remember if he texted us or just showed us in the book. I scored some assassin. Right and Nate was a bona fide bounty hunter and we were hiding.
0: So oh, I was like, okay,
2: okay. That makes sense. So we're we're hiding from some unknown thing. We can get behind that. Well, immediately me and Nate were like, well what we're going to do is is uh we're not only hiding our parents were nefarious. That's what goes on. Like they're dead and we're we're running from that rep because it's the only thing that made sense. Because you know, we wanted a, we wanted a closure, right? We wanted a story that said we've been running and this is why we've been running. Because of this. Mm-hmm. And uh, Steve was like, great. What else? And I was like, what do you mean, what else? Like, I, we don't know the world. I have no idea. What, <laughs> like, this, this is what we got. And it was like, okay, so you guys are, uh, like, didn't even say the age. It was just obligatory. Right. We, just, we were just there. We've been killing a long time.
0: You're just the guys. And, like, you're, you're here's <laughs> these layers of villainy. But, like, also now go sweep the engine room. Okay. And so
2: Nate's idea of sweep the engine room, which is what cracked me up. <laughs> he's fi- he's figuring out the weaknesses of the ship Okay And how to blow it up That's his thing I knew he was going to do that So what I'm doing is socializing with everybody on board So I knew who to play off of each other When this goes south Because we knew eventually we're going to be mid-flight mm-hmm. And someone's going to figure out who we are So we need to make sure that we're prepared for that He's like, alright guys, but slow down We don't want you to kill the other players who're supposed to be your buddies he's Like, we're just getting insurance <laughs> That just makes sense. We're on the run. We don't know them. Some weird alien. Like, they're all aliens. And they're in there on here. And we, don't, we don't know them. We don't know how they communicate. And we have to learn. And everyone's picking all these strange creatures to play. I'm like, all right, we'll get behind it. And I remember the first night being the biggest struggle.
1: Oh, so you played this multiple nights.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. This first game we oh, played, so this is we like played a, a couple of times. Okay, yeah. Okay. I was in for a pound. You know, I was like, okay, this is the game we're playing now. I'll play this.
2: But we'll skip to the hot point. So hot point number one, Nate stole the explosives mm-hmm. on board, took them all. And he made them into what, what you would do, like these super grenades or whatever they were. And uh, he had them on them and he kept them. And someone asked where they went. And I said, oh, I took all the dangerous stuff and I flushed it out of the, the airlock. And I was like, why? Oh, Because clearly we don't want that to mess us up. I don't know anything about maintenance. I know Nate does, some i covering for my brother. And they're like, oh, no, that makes sense. But you got to understand, don't do that. And then one of them was like force sensitive or whatever, like a couple of them. Yeah. I didn't really fully understand that, but they like knew that we were no good. Like just knew, like you guys are sticking together. You're no good. We're like, all right, do something about it. And they're like, well, no. And I was like, and that's why you lose. Like if you know we're bad and whatever, and you have that party talk and we agree that the party will stay together, we haven't done anything wrong yet. All right, sure. Sure.
0: Yeah, we're just we're just kind of nefarious, but like for no particular. We so, do
1: the rest of the people at the table in the game know you two are kind of like trying to infiltrate or do like
0: honestly, like, like moles
1: or whatever? I don't
0: know. Like, I don't actually know what we were trying to infiltrate for. <laughs> <laughs> we
2: were we were just on the run. That was that was yeah. our whole story given to us. On so the run, you were on the run go.
1: and try to blow up the ship. Did you even have that directive?
2: Oh, no. No. Okay, so so that's just
0: what
1: Nate wanted to do, is blow up a ship. I just
0: wanted to make sure I could blow up the ship. Gotcha. Okay.
2: (laughs) They all had this plot. Like, someone had super... The female version of uh, Lando Calrissian we had,
1: Mm -hmm.
2: who also seemed to have a buddy that was Han Solo. Okay. Smuggler, rich guy, whatever, just running around doing her thing. And we had to go follow her thing. Well, of course, we don't know. She ran afoul of some... Was it Jabba the Hut? Like Jabba the Hut, I guess, is mo- is a species and runs a follow of him. I think so, he's great. like
1: a hut. I think they're they're called huts. Yeah,
2: I don't know. That sounds yeah. good. They're the size of huts, so that makes sense. Yeah. It works. Like and,
0: giant space and, uh, slugs.
2: Yeah. This big ship overcomes them, and it turns out the big ship was a Death Star. Like okay. we came out of light speed, and, and I don't know if Nate you remember that we got captured. Yeah. And as we're being pulled in, Nate's like, well, they're dead. And he just said it randomly, and he deadpanned it. And yes, he was like, oh, you're not going to be able to damage this. He's like, okay, well, we'll get on board.
0: When well, we get on board. So wait, um, let's get into minutia here for a moment. It was was it a Death Star like the planet, or was it like a Star Destroyer, like a big giant ship?
2: That's what it was, a Star Destroyer. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah.
0: Because people are going to be like, well, oh, what's, was, a, what's a Death Star do Oh, there's only one. I was, yeah, yeah, yeah it was down. kind
1: of like, oh, is there more than one in this game? Like, okay. Yeah, calm
2: oh, down. yeah, yeah so no. Star Star Destroyer, my bad, yeah, my yeah, bad. Yeah. yeah. We get on board and immediately I feel this presence and I discover I'm force sensitive and I chuckle. And he's like, why? He's like, you could have just told me. I was force sensitive. I mean, is this like I caught a disease? <laughs> like I like I didn't know I had this until I came and encountered somebody who had it right. more far advanced.
1: Is it like herpes? <laughs> yeah. Like it's like it, a cold sore? It just shows up when you're stressed I, out. Th- I
0: think it is. Been in actually. the sun too long. <laughs> I, I think that I think that they're called midi and I think I think it is like a disease. It's like a thing like bugs that get into your body and they turn you into a uh, psychic knight.
2: Yeah. So I don't spontaneously, know. we get the story where me and Nate were harried since we were kids by these witches of Dathomir is who they were, whatever that is. Yeah. And they used to, used to torment our parents and stole us and did stuff to us. It sounds like something so that's weird. on the the planet
1: with Willow. <laughs> right. I'm pretty sure that that, that, that planet that Willow and Mad Mardigan are on are, is like in the same universe as star Wars.
2: <laughs> so I think uh, that's, that's where we got, that's where we got the bad touch by the dark side. Gotcha. Okay. It touched us foul. And now we're on board with Darth Vader. That's who we're, we're feeling. And Vader him. senses us. So he decides to comb the ship looking for us. <SSSS Fame> okay. And orders us to stay in place. And Nate's like, fuck that. We're getting out of here. And I was like, cool. So I'm running around following him. And he starts planting these bombs in places they shouldn't go. Worden- <Selo> okay. Like all of it around engine parts or whatever, intake valves. And he unscrews this like chemical and he throws it in there. I don't know what it's going to do, but it'll be interesting. And he reconnects it. And the storyteller's laughing because he's destroying his roles for demolitions right, to know where to put everything. And all he does is hold two detonators, one in his left hand, the other one in his right pocket. And he, because we know we're going to get captured. But this is his idea. He's like, he's going to do the grand Mexican standoff and we're going to see what happens. Well, Vader decides we're going to be pulled up to the bridge because that's what you do. And we're looking out, looking out at space. <laughs> and of course, naturally, we're knuckleheads because he's I don't we don't know who Darth Vader is. It's some kind of bucket head with asthma. <laughs> as far as we're concerned, trying to, trying to tell us what we have to do and not do. And he's like, I said something about you. And I was like, Oh yeah. Is it that I'm going to run over there and stab you multiple times in the face? And he was like, you, I've already knew you would do this. You won't do it until I start running at him. Was well, I'm running at him. Nate tries shooting him in the head, which is the whole point. He holds his hand out and stops me to choke me or whatever. And Nate tries shooting him and he has to drop me to deflect it. And then that's when Nate runs at him and he realizes we're both basically like human velociraptors. We don't really know what we're doing other than fuck him. And as we get close enough, Nate decides the last ditch effort. He whips this thermal detonator behind him. And he's like, aha, you missed. And Nate goes, no, no, storyteller. Ha I'm you. That's the one I built that you said had like five times the magnitude. Mm-hmm. Oh, so Vader had to turn around and tried to trap it. And it blows a hole in. everyone's getting sucked out of orbit until the emergency shutters drop, as he described it. But Vader was one of the people that got sucked out. Okay. So, <laughs> so it, it shuts If we're like, well, there's that. And we look at him. And he's like, you know, he's afraid. He's like, what are you guys doing in this game? He like can't, <laughs> can't be doing this. And Nate goes, you think that's bad? And Nate pushes both buttons to blow everything he did.
1: <laughs> so now, you guys just, like, kamikazied that game? Like, you killed Darth Vader and then blew yourselves up?
2: Well, why, we, why he pushed the buttons is because Nate somehow sensed that Vader's in the outside of the ship. Yeah. And he was walking on. And he goes, oh, well why don't you Jedi this? And he blows up the ship and the ship starts doing one of the, you know, starts diving down and getting pulled into the gravitational pull of the planet. Right. It's near. And so this giant space dagger is falling (laughs) pretty much right at the planet. Right. We run, get a ship. The party jumps on. It's a storyteller. Once a game, I don't know how that works out. I assumed we were just all dead and we get on board this plane and we're flying to the planet. I was like, it doesn't make any sense. And Nick pulls a gun. He goes, don't go to the planet because it's not going to last. It's like, what do you mean? He goes, I know what happens when a comet hits earth. It's not the size of earth, but it hits. And what happens? That planet's fucked." Yeah. Yeah. We're not throwing a bigger device than any sort of little comet would hit at this planet. It's not going to make it. So we're going elsewhere. And he's, and he ended the game. He was like, well, I mean, that type of mentality is like we didn't have anything to
0: go on yeah he was like oh you just killed a planet and like darth vader lived because i storytell you know I, I i made a game master call and he got <laughs> he got an escape pot and got away but you just killed a planet <sighs> you killed a planet with a ship so i don't really know where to go from here and i was like what are you talking about i was like because because i'm sorry like You, you, you were like, you guys are like the villains. Like you, you, you get away, but you're, you're okay with the party. Like I had no problem running with the party, but it was like, you got to realize, um, we're, we're the bad guys. I don't know who that guy is, but he seems like a really bad guy, but fuck him. I'm smarter. He's
2: he's uncle touchy. You you told us we were fine with everybody. until uncle touchy came out and said, I'm going to take you both and do things that make you ours. We're like, nah.
1: I was led to believe that you fell asleep during this oh, game. It sounds so, like so, a pretty interesting no, no, action-packed no, no. game.
2: We're, we're skipping the hours. Right, right. <laughs> I said the best part.
1: So you've given me the the abridged version, because that kind of sounds like a fun game where I get to fight Darth Vader and blow up a ship. Oh, like, yeah. That sounds exciting.
0: But that, that sounds like an exciting first 45 minutes of a game, right? Yeah. That was like six hours of buildup, <laughs> And, you know, the whole time we're like, oh my god and and you know everybody else it's not just the bob and nate show it's like we have other people that are playing at the table and of course they're into it they're like i've got my space cadillac and i've got my space dollar bills and i'm just my making three it range. extra
2: sheets of ship stats right and we got our star chart to map actually so let
1: me and ask these- you guys one question really yeah, quickly sorry you were going to make a point You're I was wagging just your to say yeah
0: the reason why it got to we're gonna blow up the ship and javelin it into a planet was because i was so bored with so little to do (laughs) i was like i'm gonna learn and figure out how to to basically arm this spaceship to make it self-destruct into a like and and you know, of course, our game master was like, "Oh yeah, okay. Well, you're—I mean, you're a smart guy. You're great at this. Uh, make these rolls and these rolls and these rolls." And he's like, "Oh yeah, you do it great." But he didn't anticipate that I was like, "I'm gonna kamikaze this ship and I'm gonna kill everyone." Meanwhile, so, okay,
1: let let me let me ask my question then, yeah. and you kind of answered it without realizing it. Um, and I want you guys to like really like look deep within yourselves and reflect. <laughs> Are you guys just assholes? Like, were you spoiling everyone else's fun?
0: No, we're not just, no. we're not just assholes. <laughs> here's, here's the thing.
1: I really, I'm not trying to be a jerk by asking that, but it kind of sounds like you had a room full of people having a good time and you two were like, I'm bored. Let's blow shit up.
2: Here's what happened. Yeah. And here's distinctly what happened. He said, Bob, we want you, Nate's going to play Star Wars. We need you too. And Nate laughed and walked out of the room <laughs> and, and Nate said, I'll only play if you convince Bob. And I said, fuck that. I'm not playing Star Wars. You guys can come and sit in my living room on Saturday and play Star Wars. Have fun, enjoy it. You don't want me there. I am not interested. I don't want to play. Five people. Oh, you gotta play. You gotta play. It's fun. We'll make it fun. You've never played with us. You'll know what's fun. No, I, I know what's going to happen. I'm going to get bored, and I'm like, I don't, I don't like it. I like lightsabers. I like the Force. I hate Jedi. So unless that criteria is met, I want nothing to do with it. Okay. And if that is so, no com- Jedi,
1: but you want the Force and you want you want lightsabers. That's right. So Bob, Okay, so you wanted was, to play like the bad guys, you didn't play the Sith.
2: I don't see the Sith as bad.
1: Okay, all right. I, I, that's,
2: that's, that's the crux of the problem. I read right. the Sith code, they had me read all the Sith books. Like, why are they the bad guy? Okay. You all know, right. they're, they're one side that wants the world or the galaxy to be one way, you're the other side that wants the galaxy to be your way. I'm on Team Sith. They okay. make sense.
1: Makes sense. I mean, I can, I can, I can appreciate that. I can respect it. So, how much of this this long game over several sessions do you think? Like, what percentage do you think you fell asleep during? Uh,
2: at least two hours per game. Wow! <clears throat> but here, Gosh. here's the, thing. and you're not
1: like a shift worker. You're not a guy that has like, you know, uh, narcolepsy. <laughs> it was that boring. I,
2: it was mid sentence <laughs> and more than one time that we because we're. I'm trying to hold. It'd be like me talking to a conference of people who have doctorates in like biochemical engineering, and they're like, "Hey, Bob, come have dinner." And as I'm sitting there, they're talking shop. Right. They're going back and forth, and they mention like atmosphere once or twice. Well, I know that word, <laughs> so I'm part of it. So I get to, so I get to wade in a little bit, yeah. and then they're like, "Bob, what do you think of biothermonuclear devices?" And I'm like, "I couldn't tell you one thing about it, other <laughs> than there's nuclear involved." Yeah. And and there's life because you mentioned bio,
0: yeah, yeah, or, somewhere or, in there. That's it. They go, they go. Hey, uh, here's a bag of grenades. Why don't you figure out how they work for you? <laughs> 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 so, but here's the thing: as as um, boring as this game had a, uh, its tendencies to be, all in all, it wasn't a terrible game. Like everybody, like we didn't fuck up everybody's fun. Um, unfortunately I think in a lot of ways, like people had to adapt because like a lot of, a lot of gamers period, they're good to just kind of chill and deal with the minutia, right. And, mm-hmm. and deal with like bookkeeping, like a lot of people like that and that's okay. It's not, it's not a big deal, but we had, we had a couple of things. We had a storyteller or a game master rather who knew the world really well. But was kind of uh middling as far as like his game mastering capabilities were concerned, and it's okay. He was able to keep up, right? We throw him curveballs, and he was able to go, uh okay, for the most part. Um, and then the players we were playing, I think they were just along, you know, they, they were having fun. They were just along for the ride and you know, doing their thing. But it got to the point where to a certain degree, our game master was he understood we were bored. And so, like, the ante kept like raising and like it kept going. And he was like, All right, well, this is the game that I'm running now. Like, I've got these international or not even what is the right word? Intergalactic, intergalactic, intergalactic terrorists <laughs> who are who have like million credit bounties on their heads.
2: Interstellar might be
0: better.
2: <laughs> and, and, but she asked we for assholes. I want to say this actively. We went into it, both Nate and I saying, This is any game we're players in. Whatever the pace, whatever the people, the, the lights on them, we always get the spotlight. We always do. So it's like, do what we can to engage them in what we do. So most of the time, me and Nate are like, we don't, you know, like we literally role played. So you're a pilot. What's what goes into that? Right. Mm-hmm. And you'd be like, well, I pilot the ship. Well, that's cool. Like we're from a backwater planet. We don't really know what a ship is. Let me give you the tour. Okay. So he walks around and tells us everything about the ship. Cool. Nate jots down notes of where to blow shit up. (laughs) Just playing his his character, right? Right. Right. And when we get into it, it's like, oh, so you like had a mom and a dad and that stuff? Well, I didn't think that far ahead. And you can watch where the player's like, well, I didn't. Well, yeah, I I suppose. I mean, oh, was it a good life? Because we don't know what that is. He's like, really? Yeah, we just don't know. I mean, what's it like to be, you know, know that you're safe every night when you go to sleep? Is that cool? He's like, why? Well, what sparked sparked it was because when Nate sleeps, I don't but I don't leave him when he's asleep and vice versa. We we take guard posts because we've, we don't know what Dathomir witches are, but we assume it wasn't good. <laughs> and that, that maybe we had to survive. And some part of the survival was, well, if I became this assassin, to me, that's a violent kid who learned to do what he could just to survive and to keep his brother alive. Well, he turned into a bounty hunter. He must've learned to shoot a lot of shit and blow shit up and hurt a lot of people. So we're like, well, we're just going to make this like, Role play antics on the side, but make an effort to get along with these good people, and maybe find a reason to hang out with them. And we loosely found a reason, which is they had nobody to protect them. Mm-hmm. You know, it just wasn't wasn't they Oh, sorry, the one hidden Jedi who kept giving us the stink eye. There was right. a hidden <laughs>
0: Jedi. Right,
2: one <laughs> Jedi every time just kept looking at us like, you know, you guys. That I could that sense a, what you're going to turn is into. Is
1: a lightsaber in your pocket, Not or are you just <laughs> <tripping> in... <laughs> um,
0: so? We we get to play in this game and eventually, like over the course of, I would say like three or four game sessions, um, you know, the game master's like, all right, well, I don't know what else to do from here. I don't know where to go from here because this really veered off from like where I was try like I, the game I was going to run is done. I don't know what the hell's happening. And we were like, OK, but at the end of it, I was like, I'm not. I'm not into star Wars as a game. I don't have any interest to play. So then flash forward a couple of years, uh, our buddy Sean is like, you know, we, we get to a point where we're like, look, it's Bob running a game or it's Nate running a game. So somebody else has to run a game. Like we're, you know, you guys have been doing this for 20 years as players. It's time for you to run some games. And Sean's like, I want to run star Wars. And I went, well, See you guys in a few months.
2: <laughs> right. It's exactly what they did. It's he looked, Sean looked right at me. He goes, well, Bob, I'm going to run a game for you. And you're going to love it. Sean, I'm not. It's Star Wars, buddy. He goes, it's a new system, new rules, new dice. You're going to love it. I didn't love it.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, then,
2: and, I, and I didn't love it because off the bat, there was like out of game. There's because we have super nerd friends for Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And they went, Bob, what are you playing? I'm going to play Rachel. You can guess it. Something with a lightsaber, right? That has the force. That isn't a Jedi, right? And so the pro Jedi's in the room almost had their little warrior braids on, and were just like, "You can't live up to the code of the Jedi." And I was like, mm, "No human could." <laughs> He's like, "Yes, they could. No, they couldn't. You'd have to be an alien to get this code and make it stick." He was like, "Why? Humans have emotions, are complex, are three dimensional. You can have discipline. Uh, many, many the martial arts have proven that you can have discipline and power and control." That's doable. But when you tell me that if I go to intervene on something, trying to kill someone and I go to make it neutral, like just stop the violence from happening that the moment I'm like, okay, cool, that's done, but I don't punish anybody that that's wrong of me to intervene in the first place. Like I never should have done it. And that was the argument. And they were just, you know, arguing to argue. And I was like any game where I'm arguing before I've even made the character. Right. I don't want to fucking play. Right. I, I just don't. Yeah. And, and and I had to play, so this game we go to our <laughs> buddy Phil's house. Face. Oh yeah, we go to my buddy Phil's house, and this game I was narcoleptic, <laughs> right? Because it's read the rules and they're all different. It took some nightcore before, before, before it started. Oh, it was bad. And so I'm sitting there with Melissa, and she's like, "I'm gonna play this, and I'm from this planet. I read all this. I'm like, oh, that's <sighs> <laughs> no, no, babe. I'll just just roll the dice, pick them up, and drop. Them. Oh yeah, here are my stats." <laughs> so no i was just stopping just stopping i was like hey i'm sorry i fell asleep sean you know my He goes i'm in the middle of talking to you about what you cared to- bro it's not your fault it's just you described i was on a ship and how cool the inside of a ship man i once spent an entire week of game sessions because we had to stellar travel from point a to point i don't give a fuck so to go to some stellar space station
1: so this is an inside joke and i will let nathan explain it if he wants to but it sounds like to Bob playing Star Wars RPG as much like Rachel eating one of her Rachel protein pancakes, like oh. just
0: immediately puts you to sleep. <laughs> so let me tell you real quick. Um, uh, you know, Rachel does a lot of like athletics and working out and we're, we're kind of like on this regimented, you know, uh, fasting thing. And uh, so she comes home one day and she's got this big tub of protein powder. Yeah, And I'm like, what the hell is that? And she's like, "Oh, it's my protein powder. You know, it's a, kind of like a meal replacement thing." And I, and I'm like, "Is eating too much work? Like, what is? Like, what the hell is going? On? Like, you? she's like, yeah, you know, sometimes you know, I'm at work and you know, I'm I just want to like get the protein real quick because I need it, but I don't, you know, I don't have time to like have a meal.'" And I'm like, "All right, cool, you know, whatever, that's fine." <laughs> so,
1: I like to experiment in the kitchen. One
0: day, I'm like, <laughs> I'm 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 smelling like what smells like chocolate French toast, right? And I'm like, that that kind of smells good, but that is none of the foods we have in this house. What the hell is going (laughs) on here? And um, she's like, she's like making a pancake, and I'm like, what is that? And she's like, oh well, you know, I I I mixed like eggs and a protein powder, and I made this like pancake, and I'm like, okay, and uh, I don't think anything of it. And then, (laughs) but I
1: put on top of it peanut butter and blueberries.
0: Right. So So that's good. She's got like like a
1: 500 calorie protein packed meal with just enough carbs so it's it's a pretty good post-workout meal but it's also like if i'm really really hungry it's it definitely fills me up yeah
0: so so she's got like she looks like she's making pancakes and i'm like what the hell is this (laughs) but it's it's eggs and it's protein powder it's egg whites and protein powder yeah and and i'm like (laughs) okay okay, (laughs) that's like i guess the logic is you know like that makes sense hey so she eats this this protein pancake with the with like the blueberries and the peanut butter on top <laughs> and then like 15 minutes later she's unconscious on the couch <laughs> she's just like sawn logs and, and I'm it like, wasn't
1: just one time this happened it's like every single time yeah, i've eaten one yeah. of these i pass <laughs> out so
0: of course i think the first time it's a fluke right she's just you know she's tired she had a long day you know oh it's, it's hard work and then the second time she's like fully clothed and like there's three bites of pancake still on the plate and she's like in an awkward snoring <laughs> position on the couch. And I'm like, okay.
2: You passed out eating this pancake. I mean, <laughs> it's like, very filling.
1: Uh,
0: <laughs>
1: it's like all the blood leaves my brain and probably <laughs> on my extremities and just goes straight to my stomach.
0: And 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 I'm like, I I know what's happening here because <laughs> there's been many nights you know, for many years where I would just get like $25 worth of Chinese food and pass the fuck out immediately after eating it. And I'm like, I'm like, hold up. I don't know what's happening here, but it's something not good. <laughs> like you've gone from nourishment to narcolepsy in, in a protein pancake. So we need to rethink this.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he was like generally concerned. He's like, I think you might be eating too much protein. <laughs> I was like, I I don't know what's going on. I mean, it's delightful though. I mean, it is, it feels, it's a very deep, rich sleep. Like I can hear things happening in the room around me, but I do not care to respond to them at
0: all. Like, it's almost like
1: local anesthesia.
0: You're
2: safe, you're in the zone,
0: it's good. (laughs) So, so interestingly enough, it is watching Bob play Star Wars when it would happen. So we, we even, when, when Star Wars was decided upon, there was a rotating hosting, because we always would host two at our apartment. And occasionally it's good just to get out of the house. <clears throat> and right. so we'd go to Phil's house, we'd do it at our house, and when they would play at our house, my computer and shit was still in the living room, so I wasn't playing, but I'm, like, actively observing Bob, like, fall into this... Yeah like weird <laughs> jiggly like uh, oh yeah yeah no i'm here i'm here uh it's, just, it's so so for those of you listening who don't know i work third shift and i work at a job where basically you have to kind of sit idle in front of a screen for long periods of time and i watch adults like do a nod thing it, it was i was already familiar with it because i had seen bob play star wars <laughs> And you know, I don't want to dog out like the the friend of ours who was playing it, but um, I think it's just the source material.
2: It's the it's the love of the game, and then it's out there. But it's like the love of the movie. Like they, when you're little kids, they love the stories, the toys, the characters, the whole nine. I never got into that. I, I never did. I was always about. I was. I'm the easiest sell ever for Star Wars to watch because I just want to get to the point where the laser swords lock where some Jedi hates on a Sith, but they're going to showcase who's the baddest and someone's going to get cut in half. Right. And then that's it. And then for me, the show's over. I'm literally like, Oh, that was awesome. Move on. We're good. So but for a, everybody else, it's some story builds. And right. I'm like, all right.
0: So for, as an example, um, one of the, uh, the worlds that, that I'm most into, um, and I've, I've mentioned a couple of times in this podcast, I'm into the dark tower, which is like a Stephen King, like, it's a series of like seven or eight books. And uh, it's a really cool world and it's a world that I enjoy. But um, somebody made like a homebrew game and it's a pretty legit homebrew game with like lots of rules and stuff. <clears throat> and when I first heard about it, I was like, oh, I'm so excited about this. This is, this would be, I'll like be able to take my friends through this world and da 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 da. And after reading it, I, I had to stop and I had to go what do I enjoy about these books? Is it the world? Yeah, it's cool. Right. But that's scenery. What I enjoy about it are the characters that are in the world. So I enjoy like the main character and like the villain, like perhaps a Luke Skywalker and a Darth Vader, right? Those are, that's like the world is just scenery. Like you You can't you have to make good characters to make your game enjoyable and you have to make me want to play these characters. And unfortunately for Star Wars, it's hamstrung in the same way that like the Dark Tower series is hamstrung. The main character is a guy who's a he's called a gunslinger, right? Like that says something in and of its title, like a Jedi or like the Sith, right? Like those are titles that you're like, oh, I got to play those. Mm-hmm. It's not just the world. And and the problem that I found was like, how am I going to make this world entertaining for people who aren't a gunslinger, right? Right. Because if I make them a gunslinger, I have to. Change the dynamic of the world instead of there only being one gunslinger and then just a bunch of other people. now I have to make it more gunslingers, and there's just like the the world's less entertaining it's like the with star wars like you can't you the moment you're like i've got there's a thousand jedi well now suddenly the world's a different dynamic, and what what was entertaining about those movies was there's two uniquely distinct characters that nobody else in the world is like, mm-hmm. and they have to fight. Yeah. Right? So it's entertaining for two and a half hours, but how do you make a long-lasting game out of it?
1: Well, I'll be interested when I eventually read and start running the Star Trek game, how you think it compares, because, I mean, I don't know anything about the Star Wars game, but Star Trek Adventures, it's like you kind of pick, you pick like an alien race or a human that you want to be, and then sort of like what you're rank and specialization would be within Starfleet, right. and then you have, you know, your group within that, you know, the the players or whatever, and and you can kind of operate on a ship, and you can be higher level, like bridge level players, or you can all be instance fresh out of the academy, but the idea is that you're all working together and you all have different specialties. Yeah. And so I, I I see where you're coming from, but it's like, I don't love the world of Star Trek. I'm not really at my core, a science fiction person. I'm more of a fantasy person, but I really love the characters in Star Trek and the interactions they have and like the, the cultural aspects and the political conversations and the the shows that are had. And that's what I really like about it. So I feel like because there's not, there's uh, obviously each show has a captain or each show has like a, a focal point character, right? Like a main character. But I feel like you, I'm interested to see how that game goes. I have I have some reservations because I'm kind of like, I don't know if I really care enough about the world that Star Trek takes place in to run this game, but I really want to give it a shot. Can I
0: ask you a quick question just as a clarification? Mm. Are there any magical psychic knights in that game? No. Okay. Then then you have a leg up. Okay. <laughs> but, there, but there is
2: a queue. Is that a race?
1: Uh, that is a race. Yeah, that is a race. It's not um something that a player would ever be able to play. But yeah makes sense as a race yeah they're very um, they're like omnipotent almost
2: and and oh, i'll admit i'm a i'm a i'm a faw chuggy
1: <laughs> yeah
2: i i like i liked watching the series quite a bit deep space nine but, original star trek oh, i just
1: got some shit today online because someone posted a meme about deep space nine and cheers like so so you know oh deep space nine isn't cheers and then chris chris Our our friend your our mutual friend Chris tagged me in it on Facebook and I was like, is the implication here that it was like Deep Space Nine is just Cheers in space? I was like, is the implication that Cheers was bad? (laughs) Because I thought it was really good, but also no, (laughs) like Star Deep Space Nine isn't Cheers in space. Like I get that it's a joke because it was like it was like a picture of Picard and then like a speech bubble saying like. Deep Space Nine is just Cheers in Space. And I'm like, you just realize, like, I don't know. Like, I, I got the joke, but I was just like,
0: hmm. I I, like- cheers that I, is a great show.
2: Yeah. I, I enjoy the Borg. I guess it's Cheers if the Borg come in and, yeah. you know, devour the world. I could
1: see, like, That's if a- you were to make, like, a correlation between the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees, like, a, some kind of rivalry coming in, you know, like a... Yankees fans coming into the cheers bar. Cause wasn't that like the big thing? Like, uh, Ted Danson's character was like a former Red Sox baseball player. And yeah. that was like one of the main,
0: that's, that's probably yeah. deeper into the lore of cheers than anyone <laughs> that I know has ever gotten. So, but yeah, everyone, probably.
2: everyone knows the name, but me, yeah. that's, <laughs>
1: I just, <laughs> I don't know watch, Norm. Watched, yeah, everybody watched knows of, Norm. Yeah. Norm. Eh, hey, Norm. I just, <laughs> I, the only reason I know cheers is because, um, I guess my my grandparents and my mom enjoyed watching it when I was younger. And I was the type of kid that anytime I learned a new fact, I'd come home and push up my imaginary non-existent glasses at the time on my nose. And I'd be like, did you know that blah, 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 and blah, 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 blah. And I would just like start lifting, listing off all the facts I had learned that day. And my mom, I guess the character Cliff Clavin, who was the mailman on Cheers, he was kind of like a, well, actually of the show, and he'd come in with all these facts and everything, and that was kind of like his shtick. <laughs> and my mom started calling me Little Cliff Clavin, which i only really understood in my teen years watching reruns of Cheers. So anyway, <laughs> nobody cares. That's just a little, little tidbit about me.
2: Little um, Cliff Clavin. I mean, that could that's, a, that's it's, something to live up to. It's, it's, big not, shoes to fill.
1: it's not the worst nickname I've ever had. <laughs> <It's->
2: <laughs> What, what is the worst nickname you've ever had? Oh, I no. could,
1: I could, <laughs> I could indulge you. I'm sure. Um yeah. Anyway, cheers.
0: So, so um, yeah. So Bob uh, likes to sleep through Star Wars. Um, and and I uh, want to emphasize here that the second game, I refused to play based solely on the experience I had in the first game. But I definitely, if if you walk into my home or you. Uh, you know, you invite me and I've got time. I'll play any game, right? Like I'm not necessarily the guy who's like, I only play vampire for a while. I was for sure. That's all I played. I was like, I don't play anything else but this, but like, I just like gaming, right? I just like the experiences with people. But in that you have to be able to captivate my attention with the world or with like the character, like I have to be cool enough. Like nobody plays dungeons and dragons to play the squire. You, you don't you that like I could go and do menial labor at my bullshit job, right? Like you don't you do you play games like that because you are entering into a different world and to me, if you're like, I'm going to take you into Star Wars world, but nobody here can use lightsabers and nobody here can use the force, but maybe you can get a little force tickle in the back of your throat. <laughs> no, I'm cool. I'm good. I, 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 I'll, I'll I'll tell you what, I'll be a starting Jedi in the Jedi Academy, right? And then we'll go fight Sith dragons and um, I'm okay, but I'm on board. Those
2: are Krayt dragons, K-R-A-Y-T. <laughs> Dragons. Yeah, I yeah. only know this because uh, I made the mistake of how I got sucked into Star Wars was because I was a fan of the uh, BioWare games.
0: Oh yeah, so yeah. like uh, BioWare made them soon. the um what the the it? Old Republic. Yeah, yeah. Oh,
1: I heard that so, was a fun game. I've never played. It was it. a blast. Yeah, it was
2: like great interactions and character choices matter and all that cool dialogue. You know, to continue the story based on how you play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, but there's there's crate dragons you go to fight to kill to take their little things, gems to turn them into lightsabers, different oh. color ones.
0: I, I never played a Knights of the Old Republic game, but I watched them be played uh, on a number of occasions and they looked very good and entertaining. So it was like, you know, I'm not anti-Star Wars per se. I just don't play Star Wars higher in like the, the genre, you know, like people get crazy about Star Wars <laughs> yeah. and, and we're just like, It's just another thing in the world.
1: Well, I feel like for tabletop gaming, if you're not really bought into the source material, regardless of what it is, it's hard to, even the people with the best imagination, it's hard to wrap your imagination around a world and force it into a world that you're just not passionate about. Yeah,
2: because that world is better on screen. I will give it that. Because I couldn't even imagine reading a book on it. And that's not (laughs) to insult anybody, but it's like, you're right, Rachel. If I can't imagine that you're describing some sort of hyper dying, hyper drive space travel device. I don't know what that looks like. Yeah. But then on the movie you can see it and it's like, oh wow, that's it's crazy. Well that's it, like what cool the, you-
1: that's what like I think Star Wars for me, not for anyone else, but for me, suffers from is it can't decide whether it wants to be science fiction or, or fantasy. And it's like you have to and it, it, it's both, but it's it's not. Like it really in my mind is like fantasy in space, right? So the idea of someone playing in a game and playing in a world that is fantasy and high fantasy in space, but then playing a mechanic, even <laughs> if it's a mechanic, who's like a mercenary or a rogue who's on the run, it's still kind of like, Oh, that sucks. You know, like ends on like fun. But yeah. Anyway, we've probably,
0: well, no, I was just gonna, I was going to segue into um, buying the source material. So um, we finally saw the, um, <clears throat> the, the world of darkness documentary. Um, which for those of people, people that listen to this podcast, they probably know like that's, that's kind of more our jam, the world of darkness. Um, but basically it's, it's a vampire, the masquerade, uh, documentary, uh, or it's a vampire, the masquerade. It's a white. Slash, Wolf documentary. Yeah. I was going to say yeah. it's, it's like, it's <clears throat> so uh, let me just query you. Um, cause you're not as big of a nerd about this game as I am. Um, what did you think, Rachel, about this this documentary?
2: And before you throw the ball to me at all, I haven't even seen it. Right, I right. Just
0: it. So, so we're we're basically going to be educating Bob okay. at the same time that we're educating listeners right. on on our opinion.
1: So, I I would say I'm probably not as big a nerd about this game as you are because I don't have the depth of experience and the expertise that you have. But that doesn't mean that I like it any less than you do. Right. Um. I, but I thought it was interesting. Uh, Essentially what it was, was it was kind of like the history of White Wolf from its inception to its demise, for lack of a better word. It was kind of trailing the history of that company. And along with that, the huge cultural impact that Vampire the Masquerade had on gaming, but pop culture in general, um, in the mid to late 90s into the 2000s and kind of tracking like how the company evolved, Um, you know, why it started to publish more and more vampire books and then how, when that started to level off, how the company had to change, they even like had Mark Ranhagen and interviewed him and talked about, um, how he set up the, there was an office in Atlanta and then how he set up the office in, in Los Angeles and out in California and, and sort of the, um, trials and tribulations that they faced there. And, um, the decisions, the like marketing and business decisions that were behind, um, ending the game with the Gehenna plot. Um, and then restarting the game with new world of darkness and Requiem. And they interviewed different, uh, people who were outside of the company and inside of the company to kind of give some opinions on that. And then they talked a bit about the MMO and how and why that happened and how and why that failed. Um, Here's what I'll say. When I was watching it, like in the first half an hour, I was thinking to myself, of course I like this because I really like the subject matter. But this is a very good documentary just for being a documentary. And that opinion held all the way through until probably the last 25% of the documentary. And I'm like, oh, they don't know how to end this yeah. documentary. <clears throat> like yeah. they, they, they need to wrap up. It's it's not like a story like it's truth it's it's right. journalism but they don't really know how to end this documentary and it kind of just kind of like petered out and I was like well they didn't wrap things up very well so that was kind of like from a you know a critical perspective I was like oh, okay like this doesn't really this doesn't have a satisfying end to this you know story right um, which you know, documentary is just telling a real life story. Uh, so I, I was like, oh, okay, you know, that, that was maybe one area where I was like, I just kind of feel like they didn't know how to finish it. Kind of like how I don't know how to finish this sentence.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> the,
1: the <laughs> I'm just kind of rambling yeah. on and on and on. Right. That's I, was just it, trying,
2: uh, I was just trying to get that point. So it's like the last uh, couple of minutes, uh, last 25%, they were just droning on about their successes or the well, no, two like, no, things no. I'm curious about Gehenna, like why they do that yeah. or they stated they did it. <laughs> well, well, and that's but, one other criticism yeah. that I
1: just want to bring up is that they brought up the, the part of, like, why they ended the game with the Gehenna plot, and they brought up why and how the MMO did not succeed and the corporate decisions behind that that led to that failure and kind of led to the end of, of White Wolf as a company. Um, but they did not go into... They didn't mention anything about the licensing and Onyx path, um, and they didn't really talk about sort of the... Um, the success of the revitalization of V20, which I feel like was a missed opportunity. Now it could have been that when they were at, when they were filming this documentary and they were editing it, some of that hadn't happened post 2012, right? Like, I don't know when they finished filming this yeah. documentary, but they did have a postscript at the end, you know, in memoriam to one of the founders of white wolf who passed away in 2017. So somebody was finishing the story in the 2012 to 2015 time range. I just don't understand how that happened. But then for the for the whole like issue with the Gehenna plot and ending the game all the way through to Requiem and why right. Requiem didn't succeed, I feel like when they were talking about Gehenna and ending the game, they didn't give enough player perspective on what players felt and thought about that. That was mostly people at the company talking about the decisions. And conversely, when they were talking about Requiem and how it didn't succeed, I feel like they didn't... Talk to nearly enough people, or have a nearly enough um, commentary from folks who actually worked at White Wolf, yeah. and why yeah. they chose to make that game the way that they did. They only had like the thoughts and feelings of players who just eh, it just didn't speak to me. I just didn't like the game, yeah. which I think is a missed doesn't do service to it. Like I understand you've got an hour and a half, and you can only tell so much story in an hour and a half. But it's like they didn't really give the White Wolf perspective on why Requiem, and then they didn't really give the player perspective on well, this is how we felt about Gehenna. Like, I I felt like they could have done more in both places, and so I thought it was an interesting choice that the creator made to how he wanted to tell that story. Um, Right. So I don't know. Those were my only criticisms. Overall, I found it very entertaining. I liked the source material. The people that they interviewed, I thought, were well-chosen. Obviously, a lot of the visuals and graphics were very interesting. They had this cool timeline kind of throughout that like showed sales total sales of book volume. And they also added in a lot of like cultural perspective of what was going on in the time outside of the game that both influenced the game and how the game influenced popular culture. And they talked a bit about how like some things in the game and some of the artwork were a bit of rip offs. Like, you know, the, the visuals and blade kind of being stolen from um, uh, Tim, Tim, Bradstreet. Tim Bradstreet's yeah. artwork and, and things like that. And then sort of how, Basically, all of the first Underworld movie was a bit of a ripoff from the whole entire World of Darkness, and they talked a bit about that lawsuit. Um, So overall, I would give it like a B plus from a documentary perspective. I've given A minus as a fan of White Wolf, but there were, you know, I mean, it wasn't all roses like there were some issues with it
0: yeah overall so um (laughs) maybe i'm being too nice because that much right there i don't need to see it now
1: yeah you'll have to (laughs) watch it so it's, it's not about vampire the masquerade really and it's not really about the players or the fan base it really is the story of how this company was made and how this company ended and the interesting decisions they made throughout the progression of the company that led to the decisions they made with the product lines
0: Yeah. So so something that a couple of things that I noticed about this, um, first and foremost, I would like to say that um, what this documentary did uh, prove to me was that when we go LARPing, we need to step our costume game the hell up. Right. (coughs) So the, um, the documentary is filmed in kind of an interesting way there's like the story of white wolf and the story of the formation of the company and the um, the sort of eruption of vampire, the masquerade and all the things that followed with it and like the successes of the company. And then on the other half, it's um, people that are players Um, like getting their perspective and, and like what LARPing or gaming means to them. And it, it, you know, we know Vampire the Masquerade is kind of like two games, right? It's the tabletop right. game, and it's the LARP. And so um, you do attract like different types of characters, and they kind of go hand in hand. But the people that are playing it, um, you know, it's it's for us, like, I, I I while it's playing and I'm watching this, I'm doing a little bit of like, internalization, right? And I'm going, man, like, how much uh, of, of, a, of an impact has this game really had on my life? And, you know, I'd like to sit back and just go, it's just a stupid game. But the fact is, like, you and I are sitting here and we're friends because of this game. Like, we, sure. we have a, a deep relationship. I'm sitting here with Rachel and Rachel is my girlfriend and she is my girlfriend because of this game. Right, I'm dating somebody from
2: England, right? Because of this game. I mean, that's
0: and 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 you start to go, huh? I need to do a couple of degrees of separation and go. How? What people do I know that I know outside of this game? And you know, the fact of the matter is, like, it's had a big influence. It's a, it's been a major thing, and so I can't in any way go. Eh, Yeah. The diminish the value like gaming in general is awesome, but watching this documentary, it's, it's, you know, it makes you understand like, Oh yeah, it does really have like a huge impact in my life, regardless of whether I saw it or not. But, we we learn the important parts to me as a as a player of this game is I want to know the story of this company and they do a really good job of telling that story of like how White Wolf started of you know how Mark Reinhagen and and Lion Rampant Lion Rampart. Uh, I, that's like hard for me to pronounce, but um, so that the, the game Ars Magica and how White Wolf magazine and Ars Magica and like how these two companies sort of merged together to create White Wolf and how vampire the masquerade um, sort of like was inspired by the urban decay of Gary Indiana and them driving to Gen Con. And like, that's a, that's a journey that we know, right? We know it personally. We kind of understand it. um, And, So we get to hear that story where the documentary starts to kind of careen off into a path where where I'm kind of, you know, I, I start to furrow my brow a little bit. The first was when Mark Reinhagen was dismissed from the company, right? One of the one of the founders, a guy who kind of like created the game. Um, it's, it seems like it's party time USA, right? Cause he goes off to Los Angeles and he's like integral in getting this, this show made, uh, you know, the kindred, the embrace made. And.
1: Although he admits that it didn't turn out the way he wanted it to. Right, yeah. Right. Like he,
0: like, you know, source material and you know, this show and it's it's a fun little kitsch thing, but the, it's not a good show.
1: Anyway, I interrupted your train of thought. Like yeah. you were saying, like Mark Rinhagen and
0: So yeah. so where where the documentary starts to kind of veer for me is essentially he they they start to say like the White Wolf West wing of the the company is not really profitable. It's not really making money, and White Wolf decides to shut it down, and the way that it's kind of presented is like Mark Ryan Hagen gets on an airplane and, and like shows up in Atlanta and they're like, uh, fuck you. You have no job. And that's really like, they don't go into any further detail. Yeah, They right? didn't
1: explain that. Like they didn't explain why at all that happened, which maybe that's a hard thing to explain, but I was like, I would like a bit more of an explanation. Mm-hmm. If you're going to interview the creator of the game and talk about how, The people that he's worked with on this since the beginning, like, made the business decision to let him go. Or, you know, if he just decided to step away from the company, I could use, like, three to five more sentences about why that happened.
2: Well, I mean, the thing of of it is, I mean, just listening to it, Mm -hmm. that baffles me is that it doesn't, for for me, a documentary gives you what happened, what occurred. This is what it is, you know, from cradle to grave. And it sounds like by skipping out of stuff like that, you're basically just trying to show that you built a documentary. No. About no,
0: something that was well, popular. Well, I think. That, I, that
1: might be a little, like, I don't want to give you the wrong impression that that's the case entirely. I don't think so. But I, part of me is like, well, I do want that extra detail. Like, I want to know. But the other part of me is like, I mean, is that essential?
0: Right. To, and, to people who. The truth of the matter is, I is, that, is that if you, if you watched it, you probably have the same opinion that I did where you're like, I wish you'd have talked about that more, but it's not like, you know, they don't overly dwell on it. It's just, they, they're, they're talking about like, you know, uh, this happened, it wasn't super profitable. It was kind of a failure. And, and then like they closed that down and they essentially closed down on, on the creator as well. And so, um, where I could place it in the timeline is like between second edition and revised right? We know that in revised, there's a whole new crew of people. So the, the fundamentally, the company changed, but I wanted to know more. That was, that's just like a, a, like a little detail. I would, I wish I would have had more information on where the documentary kind of goes from telling a docu, like documenting a story and, and where Rachel was talking about was when they talk about uh, White Wolf suing the Camarilla, the the fan organization, um, because uh, you, so you, you you have a little bit of a, a furrowed brow, which which which
2: I, in, I do because it's isn't that a lot like eating your own foot?
0: No, I mean, so 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 here here's the deal. Um, uh, in the documentary, and I kind of knew about well, this. Well,
2: before, before you correct yeah. it, because I know this is common. Yeah, a lot of people assume that you had to pay White Wolf to be in the Camarilla organization in the first place.
0: No, so, so the Camarul organization, as far as I know, um, they were just a, a fan club, right? And I, I believe they still exist in some variant or incarnation today. But they were a fan club who, like, they were an authorized fan club, right? Like, basically, they were given permission by White Wolf to, you know, use terms and things like that. So, So they were still a fan organization. They were not owned by White Wolf, and you weren't paying White Wolf okay. to join it. But they were like the official fan club, right? They were a huge fan club. um What I understand of it, and this is this is based on on the research that I've done, what I understand of it is that the Camarilla fan Club tried to trademark the term "camarilla" or "camarilla" depending on your pronunciation, right. They went and tried to take legal actions to ensure like their name was protected, even though they were a fan club. And I don't know how that really breaks down. um, But from what I understand, if I, if if you're using a term in your game and I go and I trademark that term, now suddenly you have to pay me. And, and so there is a financial ramification to doing this. Okay. And I have some, very vague insider knowledge based on the name of our podcast, right? I cannot go and trademark 25 years of vampire, the masquerade because now I legally own that. Right. And so now I am a challenge to the person or to the organization, the company who I got the name from. And so there was a lawsuit. However, as a player and a pretty hardcore player at the time, I didn't know about any of this, and it didn't in any way affect my outlook on the company or the game as a whole, period. It just didn't. I didn't know about it, because why would I? Well, in the documentary, they essentially tie that situation to the rapid decline of the game in the marketplace. Yeah. Basically
1: sales kind of leveled off. They didn't stagnate. They didn't go down, but they didn't, they weren't continuing to grow anymore. And so the correlation between that and the documentary is that, well, around this time, white Wolf sued the Camarilla fan club for trying to trademark the name and whatever, whatever. And the fans were so hurt by that. They stopped buying the books. That was what was implied in the documentary. And I was like, okay. I mean, I didn't play the game at that time, but Nate's like, that's, I don't know that that's universally no, the case. No,
0: because I, honestly, it, 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 I we didn't know yeah. about that stuff. Like I didn't personally know about that until many years later. Yeah. And Co- also- I don't.
1: I think it's an issue of like correlation doesn't equal causation. It's probably multiple multifactorial as to why sales leveled off. It could be that in some regions of the country and among some player groups, when when that happened, that was the the case. But at the same time there were a lot of other things going on in the publishing industry. There were a lot of things going on in the gaming industry. You had, you know, a group of players that were starting to age out and get older and have more responsibilities. Perhaps they didn't have time to be investing in playing the game as often. So it could have been white Wolf's fault for not marketing to like continuing to market to a younger audience at this time. You know, it could have been lots of things. So I think Nate's, where, it could be all those things. It could be all those things. Right. And right. like where Nate was taking issue was like, it makes it sound like the reason the company started to take a downward fall was because of this one lawsuit.
0: Right. Right.
2: This one fan based organization, which um I remember uh, those guys being around and people belonging to it. And they, I'm almost positive. They're the ones who did one of the special cruises, you know, or, Hey, go to new Orleans this year with the cam organization and all right. that. Right. And, and it's like, it's cool. Do it. But it was never one of those things where it was like, Oh, if you weren't them, you're not in, you know, it wasn't like, no,
1: yeah, it, so was, it was just a fan club, and I'm sure that they're, like, I don't, I I don't know the situation, but it kind of seems like, I, I'm sure they didn't assume anything malicious on there, but the legal ramifications it sounded like of, of trying to trademark the name Camarilla is, if you do that, then every time White Wolf uses it, they have to pay you, so that's, like, right. why it couldn't be a thing, I mean, I don't know, I don't know, Right, like, I could right. be totally hey, wrong, I could be hey, talking out my but, ass, but.
0: but. Basically, the way that it was presented was it the way that I interpreted how it was presented was that the maker of the documentary was there were some sour grapes like their perception as a documentary maker was that this was a major key in the downfall of the company that that White Wolf like turned around and sued its fans and It wasn't presented in a way that was like here's why this happened. They literally just said White wolf tried to sue The Camarilla organization and they had when you're the,
2: protecting your IP. That's not some bad, thing. Right, I mean right. they had to do what they had to and, do and I that's mean, the that's, thing
0: they, they It's at that point and we're talking about you know, 15 minutes 20 minutes before the end of the documentary um, where you know, we're, we're like into the decline of white wolf as a company It kind of takes a turn, right? The documentary before that, I thought, was very documentary. It was very much It was very objective. Right. It was very objective. And then as the downfall of the company starts to, to come to the forefront, it seems to become very subjective, right? And then they talk about how White Wolf... They decide, you know, like we're gonna do something very daring. We're gonna we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna end this game and we're gonna stop selling it. And you know it was like that was crazy in the market and you know people were like, what you what you why would you do this? This and, is crazy. And
1: they explained the reason they did that is because sales were not increasing anymore. They were starting to stagger off and potentially even dipping down. And the the company. Like the people at White Wolf, they said we have made hundreds of books on this topic. We cannot write any more about this topic that isn't going to be getting into the minutia and the deep details in each new book. And they're like, we we can't attract new players anymore because they come into this game and they see all of these books published on this game and they get intimidated and they're like, I'm I'm I can't I can't get into this. It's too right. much. And I think that isn't a good from a business perspective. That kind of makes sense. And it's
0: very true. But- Perfectly and, makes yeah, sense. And
1: you guys know because you've reviewed all of these books, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> and and I, I will say, like, I don't know that the decision they made to end the game had the outcome they were looking for. But I understand why they made that decision, right. even if it wasn't a good one.
0: Well, and then so so that part rings true.
1: But then they didn't talk to any players about how players felt about right, that. Right. I don't think anyway. If they did, it, but it was so few it did not make an yeah, impact yeah. in it, me, it, a lasting it, impact. I, d- my I
0: don't believe that they did. So so then they they talk about how um, there's this new game that White Wolf creates, and you know it's Vampire: The Requiem, and essentially they talk about how this new game comes out. So many people buy it. Like you remember, like it did come out and people were very excited about it and it just didn't connect. And that I totally agree with, but then they talk about how, um, there's like, they, it's, it's too much of a game, right? That's like, like they, they kind of say it, Requiem didn't connect with people because it was too stat concerned. It was too, rules based too crunchy right it was too much there was just too much stats it was too much of a game whereas like vampire the masquerade was like less concerned about rules requiem was overly concerned about rules and um but they didn't they didn't talk to anybody that made the game or anybody that was responsible for making these this game to talk about their decisions on why they made the rules that they made or made the changes that they made. They basically just said this didn't succeed because it wasn't Vampire the Masquerade.
1: And they didn't talk about like they gave the impression that the game was a total failure because they did mention, rightfully so, that a big indicator that this game isn't going to be as successful as Vampire the Masquerade is because look at all of the core rule books you sold, like sales spiked when they released that game, but then no one was buying like the supplemental books or the splat books along with it as much as, you know, like the volume of the core book would have projected. And they made that, they kind of then left the story there like, well, the, the game's a total failure. But right. we all know that that's not true because we know people who've come into this game that started with Requiem, right? Like our friend DJ, right. I'm pretty sure that's how he got into the game. And I could be wrong, but I feel like an, even very recently, Onyx Path has released yeah. games, it, books for Requiem, it's, right? It's, it's well, it,
2: you, gotta, you understand, Requiem 2 didn't just come out with Vampire. It was their new world of darkness. It was a system where you own a base book. You were a human and vampire was a template. Right. And then it had its own book and a werewolf had its own book. Wraith had its own book. They had, it's an ignorant statement that that document made because they had all these other interests that people could have funneled into. Right. Not just vampire.
1: So that's really great that you say that because I didn't know that. I knew that there was new world of darkness and there was Requiem. And I knew that there were, other versions of werewolf and wraith and fa- all, all that stuff but I never made the connection because I just never have played those right. games or gotten this close into the community before to realize that they were all based off of New World of Darkness and the new system, right? They didn't talk right. about any of that. Hmm. They just made it sound like they ended with a the Gehenna, then they started New World of Darkness, then Requiem came out and nobody liked it yep. and hmm. then they sold themselves to uh, a, CCP. A, a, a CCP and then they died. Like that was uh, basically uh, yeah. the end of the documentary. Yeah,
0: so, so uh, they they essentially like rachel said they give you the impression at the end of it that like um requiem came out people loved it at first but then they read it and didn't like it and it basically it like they didn't do anything else right um so they don't touch on the fact that like we're we're in the second edition of requiem right like this this game and this company um White Wolf, and maybe that's why they didn't do it because they they don't touch on Onyx Path at all. Right. Um, it could
1: be that for legal reasons or whatever, they couldn't interview anyone at Onyx Path. They couldn't talk about Onyx Path. So there's like a big chunk of the story missing. But I feel like people who are inclined to watch this documentary anyway probably know that Onyx Path is a thing. Right. Like, they're probably not like, what is this? Right. One, one path, many you know worlds. But you but know, like, where,
0: where they focus, uh, they go from there and they talk about, well, you know, so basically um, White Wolf realizes that like video gaming is kind of the future of of you know, like how they get back to the size that they were and I think that's really more of what they're concentrating on right they're concentrating on White Wolf was huge it was massive and it was by all accounts it was massive yeah,
1: and they do touch on briefly like the success of licensing um, for you know Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines and how that was really like you know, very good for the company right and and then they...
0: so so they see they see that the future of entertainment is in the digital marketplace, and so with that, they realize, well, you need a ton of money in order to make a game, so no, no shit, you need a ton of money to make a game so uh CCP and White wolf merges, but what the truth of the matter is is that CCP is a massive video game company, and their success is is. Hinged on Eve and Eve is a huge massive multiplayer online game. Everybody, you know, and their brother knows about Eve Well, what happens is they they have this team still in Atlanta still, you know, technically branded white wolf and they're out there making a game well Eve is the is the moneymaker and Eve starts to lose steam it starts to also suffer from the same sort of uh uh, diminishing returns that white wolf was experiencing
2: it starts suffering because when you tell me i need a manual and again a mathematical genius to help me play a game and i need them to sit there for a 24-hour shift for me to get anywhere yeah maybe that also dented your game a little bit
0: you know what i don't want to take anything away from people that play eve eve seems to be like math with a, a visual overlay of space and I've
1: never played it a, before. I've only a, seen the visuals from the documentary, but it looks like the interworkings of Neil deGrasse Tyson's brain. Like it looks it's, so much it's more a complicated.
2: complicated. It's a brilliant game, but a good friend of mine needs notebooks multiple right. to even get steam going on it. And I was like, if that's what it takes you, they forgot that when you play a video game, it's to immerse yourself in entertainment when you're able to right? in moderation and if in my moderation of playing, I can't get anywhere compared to the 50 other whatever. So I, I don't know what you call it, but super obsessive people who will not do anything but that. Right. right. And if that's what it takes to even get anywhere, that's that maybe that's the missed mark. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, so then essentially Eve starts to kind of have a, a little bit of a decline and they're like, well, Eve is our moneymaker. So they start pulling resources away from White Wolf. And at this time, they showed some of the visuals from, like, the, the World of Darkness MMO they were building, and it looked fucking cool. Like, it looked like, I mean, I would have probably lost years of my life playing that game if it had ever been made, no joke. It looked awesome. So they start pulling resources away from that to put on EVE, and eventually, like, the Atlanta office is just like, we don't have people to work on this anymore. And then the CEO of CCP is like, I had to kill the White Wolf Project and so then white wolf goes away. Right. Like essentially white wolf is no longer a thing cuz now white wolf really wasn't a thing anymore anyway cuz the quote merger with CCP kind of sounds like the way that a that buyout. decision was it was a buyout. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: they they bought him out. So I um I don't want to mix um what happened in the documentary with what happened in the real world. But Basically, should
2: they be the same thing, yeah, Nate, well, I don't
0: understand what you're saying well, no, I don't <laughs> Bob. Well, well, what I'm they saying is be. what I'm saying is the documentary ends without giving a lot of additional information. Um, but it was important to note that the oh, sorry, yeah. I, I I was like, why are you touching my feet? She's touching my feet because we have metal poles in the bottom of our desk, and I keep rubbing my feet against it's them.
1: picking up on my mic really loud. <laughs> sorry i'm not no, trying to be I was a like, jerk what
0: the fuck is she stop kicking me in the foot what the hell are you doing i'm just talking you're distracting no it's me i'm the dumbass so thank you um but well the documentary kind of just ends right mm-hmm. like that it's like wah, wah, sour, sour grapes so you know it was great you know it was great while it lasted but people still play um but I feel like, you know, they missed out on, and and again, like Rachel said, I don't know when they finished making the documentary and I want to establish something. I enjoy this documentary. I really, really liked it, but it was like at the end, they weren't quite sure when to be like, this is the end and it's over. And this is the <laughs> story, right? It was like, you don't know when to put the punctuation on the sentence. Yeah. Also, that what I was talking about earlier. They had like the character, like the players talking about their characters, and and like putting on their costumes and like kind of getting into what the game meant.
1: Yeah, these nice little segues. I yeah. I,
0: I felt like there was a little bit too much of that. I th- I feel like uh, the last third it kind of like messed up the pacing a little bit. But that's you know that's just like me grousing. That's not.
2: It, it kind of sounds like because they didn't do their due diligence and looking forward. You know, like you said, they didn't get in depth with what was going on with Onyx and everything else that maybe they ran a budget. Right?
0: I, you know, it, it could
2: be with what they had left. It,
0: it could be, <laughs> but I, I would say, I would say that it was 90% impartial and 10% like kind of somebody's perspective, sort of leaning on what the truth was like, maybe not so much including all of the data and, and maybe just including the data that like made the, the story, Palatable for them, the person making the documentary, and I I, and I don't know, right? I don't I don't want to diminish it because I think what was presented here was a really good. I think you both did
2: a good job displaying what, like seriously, about this documentary. Like when I watch it, I'm just going to watch it. Not only (laughs) I already know the opinion I'm going to have, not because it's colored, but it's objective. Well, you're not telling me, yeah, I feel this way about this. It's like literally, like you're going to see this, you're going to see that. Cool.
1: Yeah, I would say like everyone should definitely watch it pay money to see it because if you love this game and you like love the company and you want to continue to support the growth of this hobby, pay however much it is to watch it on YouTube or anything else. Like it's fun. It's worth watching and it's really interesting, especially if you got into this game Bloodlines or After to really understand like the company and the history of the game. I think everyone should see it. I really liked it and I would... I would, I would watch it again with someone. Like if someone was like, Hey, we want to watch this. Yeah. I would sit down and watch it with you again. I'd be on my phone a lot cause I've seen it, but I would watch it again.
0: So. <laughs> yeah. My only annoyance was that, um, for whatever reason it wasn't available on Amazon. Like you can, you can watch the trailer on Amazon, but it wasn't available there. I actually bought it on YouTube. So, um, that's, yeah, I, I guess you could probably get it on, um, uh what the hell is the name of that other video streaming service? But anyways, I just looked for I did a Google search, World of Darkness documentary, and it showed me all the different places you can get it on Google Play, you can get it whatever. I bought it on YouTube because, you know, that's And it
1: wasn't like expensive.
0: Uh, yeah. Well, the reason why I bought it on YouTube was because I don't have like an Apple TV. I don't have like a uh uh A stick, you know, a thing to plug in an Amazon fire stick or a Roku. Mm -hmm. Um, I just have the Xbox and the Xbox has a YouTube app. And I was like, how can I watch this on my TV? Because I can't get it through Amazon. Boom. YouTube watched it on the television. It was fantastic. So anyways, it was a good documentary. And like I said, it really proved to me that I need to step up my costume game because um, we've been going to some slacker ass games.
1: Yeah, I was like
0: uh,
1: I, I mean, like I, I think they definitely, you know, it was a documentary, right? They wanted to put like the best face on on the players and the fans. And there were some great costumes, some very beautiful people, both men and women. I think there's some actors in some of the interludes, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they weren't all players, but I was just like, I mean, my experience of LARP is you have people who really get into costuming and you have people who don't. But for the most part, it's just kind of me and my awkward nerdy friends. It's not all the beautiful people, but
0: <laughs> <laughs> they was definitely
1: showing some LARPs that had all the beautiful people. Yeah, I
0: was like, they need to show some like um oh man, uh some like Downer's Grove, Illinois fucking um 16 overweight people showing up game because <laughs> that's uh that's what a lot of larps are no offense i mean you know nobody's perfect but um we love you you're not all as beautiful as like these games that happen in new orleans Yeah, like, y- with- don't
1: feel bad if you don't have like the perfect body you can still play this yeah, game yeah, just yeah. what the documentary might suggest yeah
0: yeah what well, your visual impression uh, aside it's a very inviting game so yeah that that was a uh, that was that so um, uh, I I would give it a B. That's,
1: I gi- I give it an A minus. Fair right. enough.
0: Well, um, it's like an hour and a half into the podcast now. So, do you guys want to talk about Henry Rollins a little bit, or do you want to just wrap it up, call it a fucking night?
2: There's not much I could tell you. I do have. I don't know if you guys would do a cut and then I could go back later. Mm-hmm. And you guys? Talk? No, 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 no.
0: no, no, no. If you if you have a place to go, we can just wait for later. It's all good. It's, wait, <laughs> it's an hour and a half podcast. I think people probably got their fill of us by now.
2: I'm, I'm just saying, uh, I do love Rollins. I even love Rollins stories. So that's, that's me.
0: Yeah. I got to eat. Um, so I think, uh, yeah, yeah I haven't eaten yet. So
2: <laughs> then take care of that. Then that's, that's, that's the priority. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, uh, I guess that's it. Um, also you guys listening, um, If you get the opportunity, um, there's a Humble Bundle for the Vampire the Masquerade books. Um, I'm going to have a link on our website. Go to Humble Bundle. I believe you can use our screen name, which is VTM25, to also take advantage of it. Get the Humble Bundle. um, Use our link and get you some money. It's available until October 17th. So you have 10 days and you can get some really cool books. You can get some really cool memberships. Do it. Help us out. And make your library more awesome. So,
2: and as an add-on, I know for those of you talking to us in Discord, me and Nate already have the books and the humble bundle, so we're good. <laughs> so don't 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 mail me any extra books or
0: anything like that. No, no, Trust well, me. Okay, all right. Let w- let me let me as an aside, I don't have a collection.
2: <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> right, so,
0: Mail Nate the books. So so if you do have extra books that you'd like to donate to us for reviews, I'm okay with that but contact me, right? Bob's got a library. It's massive. It's a vault. Uh, I don't, I have like two V five books and a Jihad Beckett's Jihad diary. Uh, So if you want to donate books to the library, you're donating them to Nathan, right? So keep that in mind. They are for the podcast, but they're to me. Contact (laughs) me. I will give you a PO box. You can send books to. I appreciate it because I have no library. I, I, I separated from Bob physically uh, and geographically. and I hate reading books on a freaking tablet because it hurts my eyeballs and my brain, but that's what I'm doing. So
2: And I appreciate it anyway for the gesture, even asking and checking guys yeah, that do. Absolutely.
0: Now, if you have a book that you want us to review that's not in line with our normal Vampire the Masquerade uh, reviews, uh, reach out to us because there's lots of books out there. Now, it's going to take a while because we have to get to them and we have to read them. Um, there's a couple of books. We got one that dj is probably still waiting on and we got a demon book and like a mage book we'll get to them we'll do the reviews but let us know cult. yeah well yeah mall, yeah cult <laughs>
2: <clears throat> it's gonna be exciting it looks like a great book yeah well, well later later later
0: all right cool well uh i will leave you to it thank you guys thank you rachel for being on the podcast
2: thank you, for thank having you very me. much rachel
0: it's always a, a pleasure to have your insight and uh until next week uh we will talk to you later goodbye bye Hey, folks, this is Nathan from UtilityMuffinLabs.com. If you enjoyed the NerdWords podcast, think about supporting us. For more podcasts, art, videos, and gaming, go to UtilityMuffinLabs.com. Follow our podcast on Twitter at UtilityMuffins, on Instagram and Facebook under our UtilityMuffinLabs name, and support us on YouTube at UtilityMuffinLabs. Check out our other gaming-related podcast, 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade, and check out our Playing Hookie podcast coming soon. Thank you all for your support. Utility Muffin Labs, consistently rated adequate. 20 years have passed since a tragic fire at an illegal rave killed over a hundred people outside austin texas but is that all that happened on the night in question experience the horror of vampire the masquerade like never before jackalope larp and white wolf present a blockbuster larp horror event the night in question november 17th 2018 austin texas jackalope-larp.com for tickets and information
2: where will you be
1: on the night
0: in question